0: Roses are red, violets are blue, the Rockets are dead. That's all I have to say. What's up? Welcome to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Um, crazy night for basketball. Um, I feel like the the finals are basically over now because the only game that was like stupid relevant to me was like Golden State and the Rockets, and now that the Rockets have just continued to show piss poor performance in the playoffs when it comes to golden state i finally feel like i'm ready to cut my nba ties completely because the pelicans i it's going to take a lot for them to get better and so i just immediately pull for the rockets like as soon as but i'm not like a diehard fan of the rockets but I'll just pull for them because, like, I don't want Golden State to succeed any longer. I'm tired of seeing them in the finals. So, whoever is going to be in the East um, is probably who I'll be pulling for most likely. Um, probably going to be the Bucks. Yeah. So, hopefully they'll make it. We'll see what happens. I'm a... Uh, I'm just. I have not been into NBA this year as much as I as much as I probably should need to be. I have just not had one ounce of want to. But I did watch this game tonight earlier. I had uh, I made a call to our good pal Ross Bolin to see if he would do a phone call after the game. And uh, being the huge Rockets fan that he is, like I just. I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. I call him up and I already immediately knew he was not going to pick up the phone because he was in just like complete utter just shambles as he is every year. So send your prayers out to Ross. Um, he probably needs them more than anyone right now. Um, I probably poked a little too much fun at him um, with some tweets and just some text, but it is what it is. It just sucks. Um, I caught the the last little bit of this game. And for me, it's like, you know, you have no KD. Boogie Cousins is out. Steph Curry was horrible in the beginning of the game, like getting roasted on Twitter. And then he come back to have like one of the most wildly insane games. Like just bounce back, just proving yet again that I am Steph Curry. Hear me roar. Like I'm coming for everybody. Fuck you. Fuck your feelings. And that's basically what he is. So I mean, like, just there were some crazy stuff that happened though. Um there was like this one obvious foul that should have been called um by by Hilario Nine or however you pronounce it. Like dude just slapped the shit out of Alfonso McKinney and like I was I, I saw the video on Twitter. And I just immediately was, like, meme time. Like, this is a meme, for reals. Uh, You can go check it out on my Twitter right now. But it's just, like, it was so blatant. Like, dude just slapped the shit out of this dude, and he fell on the ground. Like, I don't understand how a ref missed that. And, like, now that this is, like, probably going to end up going, like, viral because, like, everyone's talking about it like I'm so eager to hear what the NFL refs will have uh the NBA refs will have to tweet about that missing that call. But uh great game for for Klay Thompson, just incredible comeback game for Steph Curry. Uh James Harden did well, CP3 did well. Um you know just it was it just sucks. It always just sucks to see like you know a team that you want to make it and a team that you want to get there because like you just you feel like at this point like after so many years, it's like they finally like catch a break, and you know like things are just like not that great for the golden state like they've you know they've shown little signs that they're not that you know they weren't, but now they're like coming back like with Curry coming back and doing the things he did, like just outrageous thirty three points, five rebounds. Four assists, like, God, that's Steph Curry, man. Yeah, He is no doubt the, probably, I would say, he he is most definitely the best shooter in the league. Um, There's no doubt about that. But he, just the way that he can do that, like, he can just teeter. It's almost like he had a phone on the sideline. He was like, they were like, yo, like, I see Draymond be like, yo, they roasting your ass on Twitter. You better get out there. Like, and, like, that kind of shit will just fuel the guy. It's, it's wild. It's so wild to me. But, um, you just, you hate to see the Rockets lose out again. And, like, it was just entirely their fault. Like, there is nothing that they can say. Like, because there, there are no excuses. You should have, you should have won this game. We should be going to game seven. Um, you know, everybody talks about game 5. I'm not going to talk about game 5 because I didn't really watch game 5. I just watched this game tonight and just by seeing what I saw, it's just like okay. Like what what now? What what next for them? Like I'm not going to be concerned with them unless the Pelicans some like they're probably not going to make the playoffs next year, but if the Pelicans do make the playoffs, I'll be focused on them, but if not I'm going to have my attention on the Rockets and, you know, a lot of people are already rumoring about KD coming over and which I honestly could see that happening just because it's just like a show now. Like the NBA is just a show. So it's just like, let's cook up some more days of our lives shit. I'm going to go to Houston now and, and help them beat the team that they can't beat. And just KD just going to keep racking up like mushrooms and, Fucking awards and trophies and sliding down flagpoles like Mario. Because that's just the NBA. Crazy. Crazy shit. RIP Rockets fans. Your season is over. I feel for you. I feel for you pretty bad. But the good news is, is uh, you always got your Astros to keep cheering for. And then the Houston Texans should be Pretty good this year. Maybe. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, rough rough night. Rough night for Houston fans. Moving on from the NBA. Uh, before we even do that, the show is brought to you by Roto Baller. <laughs> uh, Roto Baller is the one-stop shop fantasy website to get all of your in-depth info. On baseball, basketball, football, everything. I am right now currently uh, busy with the NASCAR season over at Roto Baller. You can get over there now and buy the premium NASCAR content package. Use promo code GARAGE. You will get 10% off your order. So do that. I know a lot of people that listen to the show. You've been listening to me talk about NASCAR. I'm doing my damnedest to bring this sport back. Um, I want to see a lot of cool change to it. So I'm writing about it because I'm just, I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, it's amazing. It's fun. And a lot of you that play DFS, you know, that you've got to diversify to win. Um, I understand if you can't get into certain sports, but try it out, watch a race, go to a race. That's the main thing. Go to a race. If you've never been to a NASCAR race, go experience the weekend. And then after that, you can tell me whether you like NASCAR or not and then I will take your opinion seriously. But, uh, yeah, shout-out to Roto Baller. Uh, also brought to you by Official Goat Gear. You can get over to officialgoatgear.com right now. Use promo code GARAGE. Get 10% off anything on the store. Goat Gear specializes in making T-shirts and products based around the greatest of all-time players. Uh, they have shirts as far as uh, in, the, in the football goes, the GOAT 12, the GOAT 9. Um, they have the GOAT 15 that they're supposed to be making, or that they already have made, um, a lot of other cool products just announced. They have a uh, the uh, House of Breeze, they have House Brady, Game of Mahomes, off of a uh, certain TV show. So those are the brand new products over there. Get there right now. Use promo code Garage. Get ten percent off that order. And another huge shout-out to Official Goat Gear. You can also get the the racing tees that I rocked at Talladega, the Racing 3 and the Racing 24. So go check it out, officialgoatgear.com on the come-up. Shout-out to our peoples. So football news, NFL. Today, like the one thing that caught my eye uh, over the weekend, and it's going to be a big story developing as it goes, um, Irv Smith is a job stealer you heard it right. Everybody pretty much was wondering like, okay, what's going to happen with Kyle Rudolph? Is he going, you know, to be traded? Are they going to, you know, let him go? Like, what are they going to do? So according to an article on NFL.com, it looks like he is on the trade block. And I personally love this move. Irv Smith is one of the, Probably one of the most exciting tight ends other than TJ Hawkinson coming out of this draft. And, you know, you give a little credit to Noah Font too. But Irv Smith is is definitely in that top three for me. Um, and just because his comparisons, like like how he plays and his style, I mean, he kind of packs a little bit of like a Jordan Reed with him. So when looking at that into this Vikings offense, so let's say Rudolph's gone, he does get traded. You know, main questions, first off, before we even talk about Irv Smith, where would Kyle Rudolph go? Um, what would be a good fit for him? I mean, a couple of teams off the jump for me would be definitely, like, looking into maybe the Pats. Um, and then I know they have Austin Safarian Jenkins there. But um, then again, I mean, I don't think that Kyle Rudolph would would bid well, but then again, it is the Patriots, so he might do well there. Another team that is tight in needy right now um, would probably be, I know the Raiders, they drafted somebody, I think it was Foster Morrow from LSU, yeah, yeah, so him, but still, I mean, just, I think the Raiders would probably be a, a the best fit for him right now is just far as like, um, you know, contract and just the, the style of play that he has. But it's just, you know, Kyle Rudolph just had a lot of ups and downs and like, but he's never been like this big standout guy, this big standout, you know, tight end. And he just, I don't know. He just, he's not dinging the bells, maybe in a different system, you know, he might do well. Um, but I would probably be confident in thinking the Raiders would probably be the team that would go after him. But then again, who knows? This is the NFL, so you never really fucking know until you know. <laughs> but um just with the Herb Smith situation, so this is what excites me for the Vikings. It's the fact of okay, they're really it's like there wasn't any excuses last year for Kirk Cousins. You know, you had two incredibly talented wide receivers. You have a running back that, you know, has not really met expectations. But you're coming into this year where that's different now. You still have those two same great wide receivers. You have a new rookie tight end that's looking like he's going to be starting right away um, with just a great skill set. You have Dalvin Cook having the backfield all to himself. This is his time to shine. It's like, it's nut up or shut up at this point for the Vikings. But I like the situation. Kirk Cousins has to really come through and do what he got paid to do there. And they just, they they have the talent. They have the talent. And with Irv now there, it's as long as Zimmer can incorporate a larger role for that tight end position there, because it's going to open the field up so much more for them having those. I mean, that's, that's three pretty deadly weapons that Kirk Cousins has. So as long as he's getting that ball effectively to all three of these guys, this should be a pretty big year for the Vikings. Um and I you know their franchise needs it. You know, they need it I think more than a lot of people in the world like or any team in the league. Um, there's, you know, everybody has their fair chance, but it's just like the most ready at this point. Like, it's just like, they have everything they need there in Minnesota. So, um, we should see a great season from them as long as, uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't fuck it up basically. (laughs) So that's that for him getting into some NASCAR news. So NASCAR is headed to Kansas this week. They're already there. You're listening to the show. It is race night in America. So yes, so it, uh, the race is going to be coming on uh, tonight on Fox. You can catch it. Uh, the night races are awesome. If you didn't get to watch the race at Richmond, uh, Martin Truex won that one. That was the first night race of the year. So this will be the second night race. My article is ready to read right now if you're listening to this and you want to get off here and just say, fuck it, I'm going to check it out. You can go over to Rotorballer.com, uh, Go to the NASCAR articles, and you'll find my article there. Uh, it's the Digital Alley 400 DFS uh, lineup picks for DraftKings and FanDuel. And it's a free article. So my articles on RotorBall are free for the general public to check out. And then if you want to get the inside stuff from Scott Engel, Sean Engel, and Dan Dobish, that's when you can get the uh, premium content package. And, I never really have explained a lot to my listeners like what's in that package. So, basically, you're going to be getting rankings from Sean Engle, which has won a crap load of money in tournaments. Guy is super smart. I mean, he's the son of Scott Engle. So you know when you have the king at your at your hand you know you basically you're learning in home from like one of the greats in fantasy sports the fantasy sports industry as a whole Dan Dobish is constantly updating practice reports you know he's grinding out those news updates for you guys so I mean you're getting all that stuff fed directly to you and then Scott also does his own picks and his own little previews um, for the race as well so you get all that insight and you get my free insight that that I give out week to week but definitely go check it out uh, this week my picks for the race are Chase Elliott Clint Boyer Eric Jones and Ryan Blaney so those are the guys that I'm going to have in my lineup this week that I'm going to be playing. And I do a lot of research. I go in and, you know, I check stats. I'm watching how they're racing during the year. I'm seeing how they're racing at similar tracks. I do a lot of informa- uh, information searching and a lot of homework to bring these picks to you guys. And I also make sure they can all fit in a DFS lineup and still leave you enough room to get some other drivers that can help you succeed. So I do a lot of work for this. And, you know, I just my main goal is I want to see people make money off DFS and so when it comes to football or NASCAR those are the two things that I've chosen in my life to put all my attention and my energy into so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I'm giving you good results week weekend and week out um, but this is going to be a pretty cool race uh, it's an intermediate track it's a 1.5 mile track um, I know they got a lot of cool different paint schemes coming out this week, but, um, when, when you read my article and, you know, and you go through it, you'll, you'll kind of see a little breakdown of each driver, why I like them, what I like about them. And then I also give you the qualifying lineup. So, you know, where everybody's starting, but the big hot news out of Kansas is when qualifying, uh, Stuart Haas racing, which is the, uh, racing team that is, um, part owned by Tony Stewart. Um, you know, they have they, they drive Ford Mustangs, in include those drivers that are in that team, that's uh Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola, Clint Boyer, and Daniel Suarez. So having all four of them qualify in the top four, that's four Fords, all the cars are on the same team. You don't see that very often. So it's gonna be very interesting tomorrow night or tonight watching uh, this race, especially with you know starting off, because you got four teammates up there. Those four teammates are hungry. Stewart Haas Racing hasn't took home a victory so far this year, so they're really you know they're hungry for it. And if they're gonna get it, this is gonna be the time they're gonna get it. And out of those four drivers, I did pick Clint Boyer. Uh, Clint Boyer is the hometown kid this week in Kansas. He's from Kansas City, or uh, actually a little town outside of there, but I mean he reps Kansas City pretty hard. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting race and, uh, historically he hasn't been that great there, but just because of, uh, you know, how some things have been going since the Texas race, that was a big reason why I chose Clint Boyer is he's, he's showing that, you know, he's he's slowly trying to become, you know, the, the headliner, the headline because everyone knows Kevin Harvick is basically like the big name. It's Stuart Haas. But I feel like Clint Boyer is right there, if not above, just because of like his recent personality and the things that he's doing on social media and um and just, you know, his presence and his interaction with fans. I actually got to do an interview with him at Talladega and he was really like really cool, really, you know, accepting of that. So uh it was uh it's just cool to see like another driver kind of like start to take the spotlight um you know lately alex bowman's been showing that you know hey i'm here too he's been knocking on that door of chase elliott because chase elliott's the number one guy at hendrick right now and it's crazy because you got jimmy johnson there even though he's on the back end of his career that's still a huge name but it's just his racing hasn't been showing that bowman's got two uh top top five finishes, both finishes, both braces recently in uh, second at Talladega, uh, and at Dover. So, um, he's been on a bit of a hot streak and I actually mentioned him in my sleepers and drivers to avoid article that you can also check out for free on Rotoballer. Baller. So I'll have all that information on there, but, um, you know, it's just the new package is going to be running this week. All four of those SHR cars that are going to be up front is going to be uh, really interesting to see how that plays out. I think Elliott is uh, is fifth right behind all of them. So he's the next one up Chevrolet. And uh, for most of you that know that I am I I'm not biased when it comes to making my picks. But at heart, I am Team Chevy. Um, so anytime a Chevrolet is winning the race, I'm a happy guy. You know, if it's a Ford or a Toyota, it's whatever. As long as I had them in my lineup, that's all that matters. And that's just the way that I am. Um, and you know, if you guys are fans of manufacturers, if you know, everybody pretty much has a lineage, I know for me anyway and my family they raised me up on the whole Chevrolet thing but other people you know raise up on Fords I don't really know many people that are raised up on Toyotas but you know there may be some out there so if you guys do you know have a preference of a manufacturer shoot a tweet out to me let me know what's up because if that's the one thing that we can use to get you in NASCAR then I'm I'm happy to do it um and I know I'm not going to please everybody when I set out on this endeavor uh, of trying to to make it a little more relevant but uh you know if it, it allows you to give you a sh- give it a shot then me talking about it then that's I did my job at the end of the day so it is what it is but you know as, as soon as fantasy football season gets a little bit closer you obviously you guys know what's going to be happening on the pod I'm going to be shifting my focus back to that for you guys because that's when the real fun begins so um Quick update, too, on that Dynasty League that I'm in, the, uh, the Fantasy Twitter Dynasty League. Uh, we finished our draft. It was a good draft. Um, and I do not mind going over the players that I drafted in this Dynasty. So this may be some shocking news to most of you, but this is my first Dynasty League that I have ever played in. I have been solely redraft since I started playing fantasy football. Um, never really ventured outside of it. Um, I've done one IDP league in the past. I was not that huge of a fan of it. I've just always been a redraft guy. I keep it simple. And that's just the way that I like to do it. So it's interesting trying this dynasty league. And and now knowing that I'm not trying anymore, like I'm in it, um, all the way, but, uh, who I got, I feel like I have a pretty stout team. I have a very young team and, um, I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do. But, uh, I have Baker Mayfield as my quarterback running backs are James Connor. Darius Geis, and this is just my starting lineup that I'm going over right now. I will be swapping these players in and out. Uh, Wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr., Robbie Anderson, tight end Hunter Henry. uh, And in my flex spots, running back, I have Tevin Coleman, and then I have DK Metcalf, rookie uh, for Seattle. And uh, we have a very big bench, so I'm going to go ahead and read out those guys. Uh, For my rookie quarterback, I took Dwayne Haskins. I got C.J. Anderson. I have Cordero Patterson. I have Elijah Holyfield, a rookie running back, went to Carolina. The son of Lander Holyfield. So, just having him on there is just like I re- remember. Like all the pictures that came out, the dude had like super huge arms. Played for Georgia. Um, yeah. So they, that was Photoshop. But he's still Holyfield's son. So like. It's just cool to have, like, a boxers kid as a running back on your team, even though we all know that McCaffrey is going to get every ball that is in sight. Um, Deion Lewis. I picked up old man Larry Fitzgerald. I have Nelson Aguilar, Philip Dorsett, Josh Doxson. And Josh Doxson went incredibly low. But, like, just with the changes that are happening with the Redskins this year, I feel like that's going to be like a huge value. So if you can get Josh Doxson really low in your draft, like if you're like, you know, around, I know for us, we had 24 rounds. But if you're on the ass end of your your draft and Josh Doxson's still there, scoop him up because everybody's going to be sleeping on this dude. But I'm telling you, the Redskins are going to gel this year. And people aren't really going to want to believe that and they're just like, oh, whatever, this and that. I'm telling you, Darius Geis, he, if he's coming back healthy, um, I feel like AP is a little more understanding now out there on the field, and you know he's a little bit more okay with sharing some time. And I think that Geis is going to be a huge, huge impact. Um, and then also Josh Doxson, if Dwayne Haskins gets in there and he gets comfortable and can sling that rock, I know Case Keenum's there, Um even with Case Keenum, like I, I think that, I think it's going to be kind of like an effect with uh, Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield. Like I think that you know Case Keenum is going to start off the years, Things are going to just kind of be iffy, and then they're going to give Dwayne Haskins his chance, and he's going to ball out. I just see it happen in that way, um, and I think Josh Doxson's value is going to go up tremendously towards you know getting towards the middle of the season. Um, I have Cur- uh, Curtis Samuel. So, Curtis Samuel was another interesting pick that I got to grab, and the reason I like Samuel is just because that the wide receiver game over there in Carolina is young, and Samuel did show a lot of promise last year that you know he could be a solid wide receiver too, or you know he could even get to the points where he becomes Cam Newton's favorite target. We just don't know, but I do think that he has some good value. Um, in dynasty and you know at the later rounds in redraft, I think that he's going to have some good value this year, and he's going to be a sneaky sleeper that you can grab pretty late in these drafts, and he can turn out to do really well for you. Um, I drafted DJ Chark, um, got the boy Traquan Smith from the Saints, uh, another Wookie, rookie rookie uh, Wookie. <laughs> Let's talk Star Wars. Another rookie wide receiver that I picked up um, that I'm excited about is Hunter Renfro. So. Let's say all goes to plan this year. John Gruden shows the world, shocks us and says, told you guys we were rebuilding. Look at what I can do. We're back. Hunter Renfro gets in there and gets some time. Um, It's going to be pretty amazing. I don't really know if that's going to be the strategy, though. But I know in the long haul, Renfro is definitely somebody I want to do. was just outstanding when he played for Clemson. Um, just incredible, versatile wide receiver. Um, excited to see what his future holds. So that's why, you know, I had to get him. Um, then we got uh, Janu Smith. He's on IR right now. But um, if, you know, if Delaney Walker it just is not himself, and even though even before he, you know, got hurt, he still was showing that he really wasn't himself. Um, I think that Janu Smith has a pretty solid shot until they can either trade for somebody, or you know wait till they uh, have another draft next year and can draft another rookie tight end, or back to Kyle Rudolph news. What if that's another landing spot for Kyle Rudolph? So. Another interesting take there. But uh, I got Johnu. Hopefully, everything will go right. I think that Johnu Smith is a pretty good developer tied in. Like, he could show some development. And if, you know, Mariota always loved to throw to Delaney Walker. So if they can kind of develop that relationship, he might be the new hot target in Tennessee. Uh, I got Hayden Hurst for the Baltimore Ravens. I think that the. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson showed he does like the tight end position. Hayden Hurst is coming back stronger than ever. If he does, um, that's going to be another insane steal that I got in this draft. And then the last tight end that I got was Jordan Thomas. Um, so, you know, with Hunter Henry coming back, I mean, I have I have great starters, but my bench is pretty uh, pretty wide. I'm a huge fan of the tight end position. So, Jordan Thomas, I feel like he showed us glimpses of what he can do last season. And maybe the game plan will change in uh, in in Houston and it'll show that, hey, like we do have a tight end and we are going to use him and watch what we can do. So I wanted to snag him just because I feel like they, they know that something's got to give, something's got to change so that they can get past the wild card round. In Houston, so it's definitely going to be worth a shot if you're, you know, down in the late parts of your draft or basically all the tight ends just got pretty much scooped up without you having a shot. He's one guy that you might can look at and say, hey, you know, at least Deshaun Watson's going to throw to him a little bit. So why not go ahead and scoop him up? Get him while you can. You never know what will happen. And like I said, there's such a long season. In this league that I'm in, there's really not much room that I have to really pick up anybody unless there's some surprise guys that just pop up that are out there on the waiver wire right now. And there normally always is. But we'll see how it it really goes once the season gets started. But uh, really fun to draft. And, you know, the chat's still going strong. I've been out of there. Uh, Definitely know that there's a few people in the chat that loves them some chilies. So, hi. Welcome to chilies. Put that down there always. So, yeah. So, that's what's been going on in the sports world. And now I have some very interesting news that is a little away from the sports world. Um, And we're going to go ahead and kick off Garage Talk. This week's Garage Talk is brought to you by Hillshire Grown-Ass Man Lunchables and Ozarka Sparkling Water. Because that's what I am drinking and snacking on for this Garage Talk. So, crazy shit happened earlier in the week. I am leaving names out of this for protective purposes. Because... I don't know what the fuck could happen. But, um, my wife is a part of a group on Facebook, and there's a lot of women in this group, and they have a hobby, and they collect a certain thing. So, inside this group, there's a lot of women, there's just one guy, and um everybody, you know, they're questioning, like... You know, just by how, you know, he's married and everything else, but, like, just by his behavior and his action, there was a lot of people questioning if he was, you know, if he was gay. And a lot of the women that would, they would have like these conversations about it and stuff. Like they're just like, you know, I just get this really weird vibe from this guy. And it wasn't a weird vibe because they thought he was gay. It was just like, they got this weird vibe from him. Like the way that he would talk, like he would literally message these people asking if he wanted to like trade this, you know, certain stuff. And I tweeted about it. It's like a Ray Dunn group. Like Ray Dunn's like pottery or whatever. And, um, a lot of women are into it and they go, you know, hunt it. And they, they literally have like these, these groups of women that will like wait in line at like a TJ Maxx and a Marshalls and they will like go in at like right at 9 o'clock and like they'll like go and like scavenger like in these like boxes they would like they'll like fucking push Marshalls employees over and like rip through boxes and try to get this shit and they you know they either collect it or they go resell it on like websites well one girl, like, shared a conversation with this guy, and, like, she didn't respond to him or something, and he, like, literally cussed her out, like, threatened, threatening cussing you out, just like, fuck you, you bitch, like, because he wouldn't, re- because she didn't respond to, like, this trade or whatever, and, like, he would make posts about how, like, this pottery was his life, and, like, he, like, loved everything about it, and so it was just getting really awkward and weird for these women. Some shit went down, some girl got kicked out of one of the groups and like she made this comment in this other group like, oh, I get kicked out for starting drama, but there's a guy that killed his boyfriend seven years ago and chopped his body up and put it in a plastic tub and and they don't say not one word about that. And my wife told me about it and I was just like, what the fuck? Like that's a, you know, like she was like laughing and I was just like, I was like, I don't really get the joke. Like, is that, like, a joke y'all have or something? they're like, no. She was like, no, I don't know, I don't know. And I was like, that's fucking weird. I'm like, like, how would this woman just, why would she just say some shit? Like, I mean, that's just not some shit. Like, even when, even when I'm mad and, like, I'm trying to think of, like, oh, wait, like, something to, like, say, like, like, if I'm going to be like, oh, well, this and this. And, like, if I'm going to fucking make excuses, which I rarely do, but, you know, that would be, like, a weird thing off the jump of your head. Like, so I'm thinking like, this is like an inside joke or whatever. It turns out it was fucking not an inside joke. So I got the dude's name. I started doing research on him and you know, if you want to go dig and do the research, I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard to find, but basically seven years ago, this dude, you know, he was gay. He had a boyfriend and then they found This dude's remains in a plastic tub with like a block over it, like holding the lid on. I think it was like in a van and the dude's like pictures on like the website and like he really did this. Like he killed a guy, chopped him up, put him in a plastic Tupperware box and they found it a year later. This guy is in this Facebook group married he's like a born again Christian and cussing women out because they won't trade in pottery and he's just he's just the the moral of it is is he's out walking around um I did more digging this guy only got 3 years probation for murdering a man and chopping his body up and putting it in a fucking Tupperware bucket. Or just like a plastic container bucket. Like the the same buckets that like you'll buy to put your, your kids toys in and shit. Redneck toy box. Like this is real. Like this is something that is really happening. So, you know, women... That, that I know, and these women in general, you know, some of them can be sensitive, so some of the women started being kind of sensitive in the group, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be saying these things, we want them to kill himself, and I I never want to vouch for anybody to kill herself, like, that's, you know, I would never say some shit like that, like, it doesn't matter who you are, like, I'm, that's just not something that I do, you know, but at the same time, This dude, not only did this dude murder somebody seven years ago, but he's, like, cussing you out because you won't trade him pottery and shit, which is, like, the smallest thing in the world compared to you chopped up a fucking man and put him in a tub, and you were walking around. You are out there. Like, you, okay, you can't be, like, in the ledger, the lawyer, the lawyer was saying, like, okay, He's a changed man. He's changed his his ways and this and that. That's not enough to get a motherfucker off of a murder. Like especially a murder where you chopped a dude up and put his body in a t- that's the part that fucks me up. You you literally chopped a man up. You chopped him the fuck up and you put him in a bucket in a truck and you just didn't say shit to anybody for a year and then you go claim self defense. It's mind-blowing to me. It really fucking blows my mind. And so, like, yeah, I don't want that dude in that group. I don't want him around any of them women. I know I don't want him around my wife. I don't want my wife interacting with that kind of a motherfucker. And I don't want all these other girls there. Because, I mean, I know some of these chicks. And it's like, get that motherfucker away. Like, rid him. Like, like, just figure the fuck out. Like, it's just, that's that's too much. That's too fucking much. Like, I don't care how much of a changed person you are, if you didn't at least go to jail for life, I don't know, like, what the fuck else that can change you. Like, you don't, when you're a fucking murderer, you don't just kill somebody and then wake up the next day and say, damn, I'm a changed man. Like, I, that no, that shit is in your fucking DNA. That shit's in your brain. You think about it. I would not doubt if that dude probably had thoughts about murdering people, like, on the street like it's it's hard like you know I want to sit here and crack jokes about this shit but it's fucking hard to because it's just fucking alarming man like there are people we don't know how many fucking people are out there right now that are like just amongst us that are just like fucking that have done some shit and just got the fuck off like the justice system is fucking whack man like you know and especially in Louisiana like, I talk about it a lot of times, like, this fucking state, man. Like, it's just shit is crooked as fuck. It's so crooked. And so, like, that's the perfect example. There was a man that had a boyfriend, and he chopped his body up, put it in a fucking bucket. And I know I say that a lot, but I just want to remind you what this dude did and left it there. And it wasn't until they found it and he got caught that he said some shit. But he's a changed man. It was self-defense. Any fucking normal person that did some shit like that in self-defense would go directly to the authorities. I don't give a fuck who you are. I know me. If I fucking killed somebody out of self-defense, my ass is going to the cops. I'm calling somebody. I'm calling 911. I'm calling them before it even happens. Because I'm like, fuck, like, get this motherfucker and take him somewhere. Like, I don't want this shit going on. That, That dude might not have had that opportunity. But, you know, it obviously it sucks because, like, he didn't have any family that fought for him on his side. I'm talking about the guy that got killed. Like, there was really no family that showed up, no nothing. And, you know, it's like, who is this guy? Did he have, like, family that were cops? Like, I don't fucking know. But it's crazy. Like, there's a fucking Reddit forum that never has gotten fully formed because it only had, like, two or three, like, like, responses on it. And I looked it up and saw it. And you can go look it up. It's just like, you know, type in like man kills boyfriend, in Louisiana. Like, you'll find it. But, you know, if you want more information too, you can holler. And I'll, you know, if I know you, if I fuck with you, I might tell you about it. But, uh, but yeah, it's just fucking nuts, man. Like, you just gotta watch your fucking back. Like, you gotta watch your back nowadays. Like, you don't, and you cannot, they don't be trusting people on the internet and shit. Like, you don't fucking know. Like, there's a lot of gullible people out there, and there's just a lot of people. Like, I mean, and that's just one thing. That ain't even about somebody being gullible. That's just, like, lack of knowledge. Like, but everybody, all them chicks knew there was something weird about him from the jump. So it's just, like, you know, trust your instincts, trust your guts. Like, if something's telling you that, like, this ain't right, this is fucked up, like, this person's weirding me out, trust your vibes. That shit's so real. Like, I mean, it will literally take you to a point to where like you just trust in yourself more than you've ever trusted in yourself in your entire life so yeah definitely check the vibes but just some crazy shit man that's some shit from a movie and if any of you guys have any responses to it y'all want to talk about y'all want to say anything you know hit me up on twitter at garage guy chase and uh and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk about some shit if you guys got some stories like that some wild shit that you want to talk about hit me up Let's do let's do it. Yeah, I'll be glad to conversate with you on Twitter, on Insta, whatever. So y'all bring that shit up. Uh recently went to a Juice World concert with the homie Jordan. Uh me and him we got tickets to this show. Um it's probably probably some of the wildest shit. One of the wildest shows I've ever been to. So funny story, if you guys follow me. On uh, on Twitter, you got to see a couple of videos, some photos of that night. If you follow me on Instagram, you got the whole story, and which I'm going into. If you haven't followed me on Instagram yet, at GarageGuyChase, do yourself a favor and do it. I post stories all the time. I update shit going on in my life. I try to leave an open channel of communication with my followers. I want y'all to see what I'm getting into and what I'm doing. And, uh, and I like to look at my, you know, the garage fam and my followers and see what's going on in their lives too. So definitely go and uh, hit me up on Insta at garage guy chase, but I had the story up. So crazy shit. So we, we leave the house, we get to the, we get to UNO Lakefront front arena in new Orleans snacking on some of this hillshire grown ass man lunchables right now. Um, but, uh, we, we get to the, <laughs> we get to the concert and we go in, we got floor seats, ended up running into a guy that I knew. He had a friend with him that I met, and we all, you know, us four kind of like, you know, grouped together, and we were chilling out or whatever down there on the floor. And for most of you that that listen to the show, y'all have heard us review Juice World shit. We're big Juice World fans. I'm a big Juice World fan. Um, I think he's one of the next big rappers coming up. But he did the show, and I found out the day that we were going, which was on Tuesday, I found out that Ski Mask the Slump God was going to be with him, which is another rapper. If you haven't heard of him, if you're a fan of Tower of the Creator, take that and just like multiply the intensity like times five. Like that's Ski Mask the Slump God. He's like this new death death metal rap game shit that's going on. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like the the. When he performs music, like, he's, like, got that real loud smacking bass and, like, he's just, like, going off like he's, like, screamo but rap version. And, you know, kids and guys and girls would be out there in mosh pits and shit. Like, it's it's wild. So, when I found out he was going to be there, I was automatically just, like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to be, like like, getting up in a mosh pit. Like, we're going to do some fun shit. We're going to, you know, we're going to ball out. We get to the show, the show is already late as fuck getting started, this is like, I think my first or my second rap, I want to say I've been to another rap show, can't really remember, but it was a long time ago if I was, but going to this concert, um... It was just nuts because, like, I've been to a festival where I've seen like a rap performer, you know, get down. Been in that crowd, felt that vibe. But this was like a soul show for this. So for one, these are some things that I realized by going to a Juice World concert. We get there, a lot of youngins, a lot of kids. I was so shocked at the amount of like kids that I saw that I was pretty sure were like at least like 11 or 12 and their parents were there. Like little Susie and little Tommy didn't tell mom and dad like who they were going to see. And like when I would look up in the the stands because they had where we were in the standing room and in the seats like you could just see some parents with like their mouths just dropped. Like they didn't know what the fuck they had just gotten into because like that's not some music that some 11 and 12 year olds need to be listening to for one, uh, second thing was, uh, the amount of vape smoke that was at that show was fucking insane, I've never in my life seen just, like, constant clouds of just, like, jewel vapor just spread everywhere, it was, uh, it was, like, in the air, you smelled, like, mango and mint and creme brulee and, and fucking, uh, whatever, mixing the fuck up in the air, and it was crazy, and it made this one security guard really mad, and he was like, I'm gonna have to make an example out of one of y'all little motherfuckers, like, it was just like, he was just this old grumpy dude, and, uh, trying to just, like, kick somebody out, but he would tell you, like, when the lights go out, you do that, but when the lights start, it's like, what's the damn difference, bro? Like, if you see some shit like that with the lights down, you you know, you're supposed to be doing your job, too, so... I don't know. That was just I didn't really understand that. The show starts and the most shocking thing in the world happens. All right, if you've listened to the show before, we have roasted this rapper. I do not like this rapper. I do not understand this rapper. He's like a fucking alien to me almost. And his name is Blueface. Blueface is opening the fucking show. I had no idea, Jordan had no idea, people in the crowd had no idea, and I was lost, and I, I, like, cringed, because, like, it was like, I was, like, borderline, like, nervous and scared when they were like, Blueface, like, I had heard him say, like, something about Blueface, and I was turning around to Jordan, and I'm like, dude, I think Blueface is here. And if he is, this is not going to be good. He was like, no, man, Blueface ain't here, man. They just talking about Blueface. I'm like, no, dude. I was like, I'm pretty sure Blueface is here. I was like, you just hear what he said? He said something about Blueface. And I was like, man. He was like, no, dude, don't trip. Next thing you know, this motherfucker comes out belly rolling with this fucking just like smile that you would see from like nick channel like (laughs) like some kids weird fucking dude was on like zoe 101 i carly shit like fucking i'm in the studio like i i couldn't deal with it he kept just like taking his shirt off and belly rolling sticking his tongue out like he was in a a, like a, a living emoji like i didn't know what to do And I didn't, like, it's like, I've, it's hard, because, like, I've never been to a concert where I just stood there. Like, normally, like, when the music's playing, I got a band going on, like, I'm jamming, like, I'm getting into it, I'm down with it, you know, I'm in it. But, no, like, I could not do it. Like, the only time that I just said, like, fuck it, that he played Tatiana. And then the dude was throwing out water bottles and then people started kind of getting into it. When he played Tatiana, I was like, you know what? I've used this in captions on Instagram. I've done this. I'm fuck it. I'm gonna have a good time. So I did. And that was the only song that I could do it. And then I could not force myself to just like have a good time listening to this dude anymore. Nothing, you know, I'm I'm sorry to blue face fans that listen to this show. I I can't deal with that dude. Like that's a no, that's a big negative no no blue face so then the show starts Juice World comes out I'm automatically thinking Ski Mask is not gonna be playing I'm like fuck this sucks man you know this is shit so I've already had like like my fucking emotions fucked with in the beginning of the show and then now I'm getting fucked with again because I was so hyped up for like Ski Mask like oh this is gonna be fucking this, this is gonna be epic like this dude's gonna be like killing it and uh, him and Juice what have a song together called Nuketown, which is bad the fuck ass. If you haven't checked out, it's on the Garage Jams playlist, um, and uh, it's also on Station Head, which I haven't even told you guys about yet. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that throughout the week, but uh, yeah, we're we're gonna be on Station Head now. We're gonna have a radio ch- uh, radio show that's gonna be coming out. I'm still getting everything worked out with it, what day it's gonna be on. So I'll talk a little bit more about that next week, but um, but. Yeah, Juice World's playing, and I'm just like, well, I guess Ski Mask is out, whatever. And then, in the middle of the Juice World show, he just stops singing and he walks off stage, and everything gets kind of quiet, and everybody's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then all of a sudden, Ski Mask and Slum God just comes out of fucking nowhere, and and so it was just one of the one of the weirdest like put shows, like just how everything was, because it's like you were not expecting how things went. But uh, Juice World put on a hell of a concert. Ski Mask, the slump guy, was fucking amazing. Good mosh pits happening. And so here's the last little funny thing uh, that I can say about it. So, like, normally if I go to, like, a high-energy show, I'm going to go and, and hop in a mosh pit. I'm not afraid to do that shit. Um, you know, at Buku Fest last year, I went and saw A Day to Remember, which was one of my favorite bands in high school. I was big into, like, you know, hard rock back then. And so, like, of course, I went and jumped my ass into a mosh pit and fucking raged out at the Day to Remember concert. And, you know, I went to a brand-new concert the year before that at the UNO Lakefront Arena. Brand-new is another band that I was big on in high school. It wasn't so much hard rock. It was more of, like, I guess they classified it as, like, emo rock and shit. But they got a couple songs that you can fucking get down to in a mosh pit. We got in there. I fucking got my damn eye blacked at that one. Um, but... When I started feeling that energy, when they were, you know, they were playing like New Town, um, you know, and then they were, they were playing uh, some other songs by Ski Mask and shit. They had one with him and XXX Tentacion, and uh, you know, I started getting that energy. I was hyped up, and then I looked at, I looked at the mosh pit. And I was like, man, these are like kids. Like I can't do this. Like I can't go in there. Like, <laughs> and I couldn't. Like I couldn't bring myself to go in there with these kids and just like push them and shit. Like I just, it felt weird. I don't know. I guess I'm getting old. Um, but uh, but yeah, like if I mosh, my my mosh crowd is people that I feel that are closer to my age are older. Like that's that's my mosh crowd. Uh, maybe a couple years older, I'm just, I'm weird like that, you never really can judge the mosh, and a lot of people will tell you just, just flow with the mosh, and trust the mosh, Um, but yeah, it was just, it was awkward, plus I wasn't drunk, because I quit drinking alcohol in January, so, you know, I was, I was smoking on my vape pen, but uh, yeah, that was my first real show not drinking so that was another crazy thing too is like just the experience not with any alcohol in me and how a show was it was definitely different so I'm still learning a lot of these things you know that I've done so far you know pretty much in my adolescent years I was like shit-faced doing them you know it was drinking and now I'm not so it's like I'm experiencing things through like a whole different lens but uh, it was, yeah, it was just a great show, though. It was, uh, it was just a lot of crazy shit happened, but ultimately Juice World puts on one hell of a show. There's a video up there when he performed the song Legends, which was fucking emotional because he had videos of Mac Miller in there, um, you know, he had videos of XXXTentacion, and he had Nipsey Hussle on the Legends video after. So I have that up on the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports YouTube page for you guys if you want to check it out. It's a short two-minute video, maybe a little bit less than two minutes but it just kind of shows, like, what happened after he performed the song. and had some little clips of, you know, those three guys that were, you know, so important to the rap. And um, especially for me, Mac was, like, the most important one because I grew up on all of his records. I grew up with him, and throughout his whole discography, like, I was I was with him since Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza, you know. So just going through all that and growing up with his music was uh, was huge. And um, so it was just awesome to see him pay tribute to those guys. And uh, so if you haven't been to a Juice World concert, if you don't even know who Juice World is, go look him up. Do yourself a favor. Check it out. We have his whole entire album, Death Race for Love, on the Garage Jams playlist on Spotify, and it's on Stationhead. You can go check that out. And, um and yeah, if he's coming around to a city near you, go check him out. It's definitely worth a shot. Um, And then the last thing we'll cover on Garage Talk... Before we cut it off for the week. And thank you guys who are still listening to the show. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, my solo runs are... I always imagine that I'm, I'm sitting in a room with, with all the Garage fam. And I'm just sitting here just like telling stories and shit. And eventually one of these days we're going to make it to where you can call the fuck in. And we can tell stories live on air. That's the goal. You guys know what we after over here with Garage guys. So we doing our thing. But I'm going to do a quick uh, Netflix show of the week. So I recently watched probably like the biggest name movie that's on Netflix right now, starring Zach Efron, which is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. It's a movie about Ted Bundy and uh just kind of going through like those last, you know, couple of years or Whatever, when he was going through trial uh, for the murders and all the horrible fucking murders that he had and man like they have the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix you know you definitely watch that if you don't have any fucking clue about who Ted Bundy is dude was a psycho sociopathic just psychotic madman like dude was like a animal he was just a beast like he and not a beast in a good way like he was like 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 devil like bad like if he walked in a church he would die bad like that's ted bundy so he uh it just kind of shows like his love life and like his home life and then how he goes through all the uh you know the the court calling or whatever and going through all the motions of that and just him trying to defend himself like on a nationally televised court case like just it was a nuts movie ted bundy was sick but zach efron portrayed ted bundy so damn good like this is probably one of zach efron's better movies just because like seeing him in more of a of a serious role but then again like ted bundy was just kind of like this psychotic guy so like he's just really twisted so it was cool to see like that little bit of darker side of like zach efron and what he can portray in a movie um so it was uh Definitely good if you haven't watched it yet, which I'm sure everybody listening to this has at least checked it out um, by now. And I would hope that they checked it out right by now. But, um, yeah, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile on Netflix. Not going to spoil too much of it for you if you haven't seen it. But, um, incredible acting. Haley Joel Osment's in the movie, too. Kid from Sixth Sense. I'm pretty convinced that like his face never expanded as he grew up because like his face still looks like it like stayed in like the same size of like a child, but his head got big as a man and it might be a fucked up comment to say, but that's just, you know, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. Um, it was just, uh, it's, it was weird to see him in a movie because I haven't seen him in a movie in a very long time. So it's just like, he's just this grown ass man. He's kind of like kind of big now. Really weird. Really, really weird. But yeah, he's in the movie. Uh, John Malkovich, plays a judge, slays the part, does a great job, go see it. Sheldon, Sheldon, he plays in it, he's a lawyer, he's not a nerd, he's a serious guy, um, never really watched The Big Bang Theory, don't really know too much about the character, but I know that he's like this pretentious nerd guy, and he's not that in this movie, so, um, Great cast characters. You can go check them out. Check the movie out. It's fucking great. Guys, thanks for chilling out with me tonight. Your boy Garage Guy Chase is going to be signing off for the week. We will be back next week um, with more sports news, fantasy sports news updates. And, of course, as always, more Garage Talk. But until then, we love you. Don't forget to follow us everywhere and tell one person... That is listening to this. Right now. You. You're listening. Tell one person about this show. Today. Tomorrow. Over the weekend. Whatever. Tell somebody. Let's get this show going. Let's spread it. Let's take over the fucking charts. Let's be the number one fantasy sports podcast. I want the garage fan to be a part of it. I want us all to do awesome things. You know, if you're following me on Twitter, you're listening to this right now, you know I'm going to be interacting with you. I love you. i heart you. Without you guys, this shit means nothing, literally. I love being able to sit here and talk about this stuff for you guys week in and week out, and I'm going to continue to do it. Nothing's stopping me there. And one more thing before I do go. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that listen to this podcast. I have no idea how many mothers listen to this podcast. I do know that we have a good bit of female listeners. So if you are a mother, you take Sunday, and you sit back, relax, and let everybody wait hand and foot on you because you deserve it, Mom. We love you. Sports. Party. Repeat.